Unexpected, Yo, right? I was not expecting that. <laughs> like I fucked up. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to episode 108 of Press Any Key. I am your resident April Fool, Pat Apparano. With me tonight is just one co-host. Give it up for Mike Burke, everyone. He's a very nice cardigan. Thank you. It's On the a ones sweater. and twos, give it up for Hey Gingy. She's here. Post Hi, The Last of Us crashing her PC multiple times. How you doing? How's 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 How the emotional emotion being? Uh I'm very frustrated. Um I was so excited to play the game and now I hate everything about it. <laughs> it's um, ruined my experience. <laughs> it's actually ruined my experience. Did you uh-huh. get to see Steam Deck, Joel? Uh, a little bit, yes. I did see some real... I didn't see any... The hair looked really bad. <laughs> the hair looked when I really went down bad. there and I looked, I was like, oh. The hair looked really bad. Um, I did not get any wet characters, except for when they were supposed to be wet. Was I that know, a like, thing? Yeah, like I in the middle of cutscenes, they'd just be sopping wet. <laughs> That's just funny. I know, I know. And like, here's the thing. If it wasn't like game-breaking glitches, like, I don't know, causing a massive memory leak on your system and like... Uh, I had it explained to me actually. It's fu- it's funny that we just dove right into this because this is our first topic for the night. I want to talk. We want to talk about a little bit of the the horrible launch of the Last of Us PC port. Um, so immediately Steam users review bomb the fuck out of it to overwhelmingly negative, which for good reason. This is not necessarily review bombing. They're leaving their honest thoughts. I laughed so hard at the guy that called it Crash Simulator 2023. <laughs> um, crashes, stutters, glitches, bugs, and like I said, the the worst thing so far is the memory leak. Yeah. Like where your system VRAM and your regular RAM are just jacked up beyond belief. Um Sources say that the horrible launch is attributed to the third-party studio that handled the port known as Iron Galaxy. Michael, do you know what other port Iron Galaxy handled? Just tell me. Arkham Knight in 2015. They gave this to them yeah, again. I'm not sure if you remember how that one went, but it was not Swimmingly. great. Um, that port was so bad that it was delisted. And refunds were given at point of purchase. And it wasn't until months later that you could play that game on PC. So um, the thing here is that since that the new console architecture is closer to the PC than we've ever been before as far as video game consoles are concerned, I feel like from what was explained to me by my buddy who is a computer engineer, basically the PS5 has a dedicated chip that decompresses assets when they're not directly in front of you. Yeah, right? it like deloads them. Yeah, pretty like much. It's that, it's that like uh, cone view. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they did not do that for this. They were just like, remember? <laughs> remember do you remember how I, I I fucking walked around for weeks? I was like, I got fucking downvoted to fuck on the Last of Us subreddit <laughs> because I said, no way in fuck do I need a 4080 to get 4K at 60 <laughs> FPS on this game. Not well. a fucking chance. Well, it's because. They just took the PS5 game and ported it to PC, did no optimization, did, did nothing post that. <laughs> and that unfortunately, saw, like hardware you got? Yeah. We don't have it. And unfortunately, they left it all up to your CPU and your GPU. And they, like I said, they did not try to fix this at all. So um, that unfortunately uh, had a catastrophic uh, effect on the launch of the game. 
And I knew something was up when I saw no reviews. I was like, dude, there is something in the air on this Last of Us port. Yeah, no one could and play no, it to nobody, review it. <laughs> I was like, nobody's saying shit about it. Like, normally there'd be all this hype and there'd be all this, like, um, chatter and everything like oh i got to play the like the review yeah. like skill up would have had a fucking it's everything yeah. that we're seeing with resident evil 4 would have happened with this and we got nothing exactly but um no not this time so uh i think there's a couple things to take away from this and the first one is that i was angry like don't get me wrong i am pissed off that there is corporations that are so bold that are like, we will sell you an unfinished product yeah, because we have a deadline to keep to like pay back our shareholders type of deal. Right. I also like, I get too that it's hot. Let's capitalize on yeah. it. But if it's literally unplayable, that's There's just, no point. Yeah. Well, the other thing is you can't go after the devs because no. the devs probably knew that this was in a shitty shape. And they knew what was coming, and hence why nobody said anything about it. No, they're the sweatshop workers, effectively, of all exactly. this. Exactly, like, and the the publishers and the executives were the ones that were pushing this out the door. I mean, the two of the three of us have worked on projects like that, technology projects where it's like, we have to meet this deadline. Okay, well, it's only halfway done, and I need about three more weeks to get it done. Okay, but I need it by Friday. What Sir, I'm going to miss do? my child's birthday and my own to to get this even 75% of the way completed. You'll both have another. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then they'll spin it, be like, oh, well, we'll, we'll present it in a client. And like, oh, this is how far they come. They need a little bit more work on it. You know, I don't need to go into all like all the bullshit. all the corporate bullshit that we've all been subject to when it comes to client uh, vendor relationships. But in this sense, I imagine that this is what happened where... Um, because originally it started in house, and then when Naughty Dog moved to their new IP, they they shopped this out to Iron Galaxy, and Iron Galaxy is known for taking PC games and, and making that. them console <laughs> games, not take yeah. not the other way around. They right. can't do that. And uh, honestly, I thought the PC port of Arkham Knight would have been enough to, enough to keep them from getting that work. But man, nope, not this time. The, the Iron Galaxy has struck again. Yeah. My favorite thing is that in the patch notes for this, one of the patch notes is fixed for crash on first boot. <laughs> Why? Wrong. Why? Wrong. Why? Wrong. Like square one. Okay. We let's, have a problem. Let's talk about some of the crashes I had. Uh, you know that nice screen that I posted that said press any key? Did it crash and, right after that? Yeah, I pressed any key and it said try again. Nah, um, son. Let's see. Tried to update the settings because we realized if I set the Pat remind me what I was supposed to set to DLSS performance um, deal. You're supposed yeah. to set DLSS to performance. Great. Tried to do that a couple times. Um, God forbid I tried to stream the game because it would just fully crash OBS. It was oh, awesome. God, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. so that um, if it's crashing your game, that's specifically the game affecting itself. If it's crashing other programs and your system, that means that it's it's affecting your your RAM. It's, it's taking your into yeah, 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 your computer. It's, it's taking your it's now taking your memory and 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 leaking it all over the place. Like <laughs> there's all this memories everywhere. <laughs> but uh yeah, I I like I love the uh some of the patch notes too were like um <laughs> fixed most of the memory leak yeah. it's like what do you mean like how bad was it you it's know like what we I mean? gave it our best shot 
honestly. There is some fun glitches I saw where there was this one where, like, Ellie is, like, spinning on her head while Joel and Tess are talking in the foreground and Ellie's in the back. I was like, see, why couldn't we get fun ones like that? You know what I mean? I got a fun one today where a plant was just moving. Like, nothing around it was moving. I thought maybe it was, like, a hint to get me to do something. It was not. It was just a bush. Just a branch in a bush. <laughs> oh, you thought it was, like, a look over here kind of yeah, moment? Yeah, I did. And it was not a look over here moment. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm watching one of the videos now of the... Uh, the uh, characters just getting wet during a cut scene for yep. no reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. God damn. They did look very shiny. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> like, she's all good right here, and then it's just, boom, sopping wet. <clears throat> yeah, let me see if I... um. I made, like, a crash compilation video. So the first night I played it... Yeah. On oh, that's, yeah, that's here we exactly, go. That's exactly Here, Liz, if you want to cut to my... Oh, you made, a, you made a crash yeah. compilation? Mm, Pat, can you... Put it on the laptop screen. It is, Liz. Oh, Spoken no. Until I see them. And then boom. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and like, and like, dripping, like dripping off. And dripping off. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. That's all right. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. No, I did. Um, It's like a little long to post to social media. Just don't stay on the laptop screen then. Just stay on I, the regular yeah. cameras. Um, I did make a video of all my, co- like a good chunk of my crashes on, um, Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, I did not have any crashes that fully took out like my PC OBS or anything like that. I did let the game play me and I allowed it to crash 15 times in an hour before I like. Are you kidding me? Oh, I got to. It's, so it's absolutely unplayable. It's not even like you play it for a half hour and then it just no, completely it's dies. it's unplayable. I wasn't kidding when I said it. it's like, you know how some people see people like, oh, I can't run this on ultra at 60 FPS. Yeah. Unplayable. No, this is actually, you could not boot this without crashing your entire system. Yeah. So last night I kind of just got fed up after like a few crashes. After it took out my stream, I was like, whatever. No, we're done. I'm done. So, uh, it took about eight crashes while building the shaders to get up and running for me to up, you know, change My the God. graphics settings. <laughs> then I played for 20 minutes, got Ellie, and I was like, all right, I'll save. I'll stop here. I'll stream tomorrow. Got on stream today, opened up the game. It crashed. Wasn't on stream yet. Okay. Opened it up, played a few minutes. Everything was okay. St- saved it, went back. I was like, all right, I'm going to leave this up. Oh, God. Opened OBS, got started streaming, w- had like one or two crashes, pretty minor, and then back to back, double, like crashed OBS, like everything on my computer went black, had to restart. <laughs> so I got about an hour. I can't believe it's that today. shit. These are quality crashes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> These yeah, are yeah. good. These are good crashes. Yeah. I, I do think, I do think Steam should have a, like a part of it's like, because I think this has always been a little weirdness for me is like, it should have a like performance review and it should have a like you know actual like gameplay review because the game's a great game obviously yeah and it's kind of like it makes me a little sad to be like this is horrendously negative on steam obviously yeah. because it's just shit performance but yeah so no yeah i get it i get it I, yeah i did talk about that today like while i was streaming because like i know it's a good game i've seen plenty of gameplay i've watched pat play it on ps5 no fa- no problem or ps4 whichever like i've watched plenty of gameplay on youtube I was very prepared to like love this game, but I'm just so frustrated with the fact that I can't play it. And as soon as I'm at like a point, like I'm trying to take out like a horde of clickers today and they're about to kill me. So it's fine because, you know, the game crashed. and I just had to restart my PC anyway. I don't know. Like 
it's very frustrating. Like I was very excited. Um, let's see. I even bought like the digital deluxe edition. So I got all the bells and whistles for my good, you know, hard earned $70. Oh yeah. And uh, it absolutely sucks. And I gave up today and played the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog instead, which was a much more enjoyable experience. <laughs> so just before we get off this, this guy, Greg Miller from, he's been catching a lot of flack from kind of funny games because this is what he had to say. Cause he's, I guess I, I, it's one of these things where like, I don't watch kind of funny games cause I don't think they're kind of funny at all. Yeah, no, but, um, this is what he had to say. Uh, PC players on behalf of all PlayStation players. Got you, you dumb bitch. God damn. I told you how long ago. Buy the console. You're like, now dude, buy a dental package. Jesus Christ. Blah, blah. Well, how about 14 crashes in 4.5 hours? You stupid idiot. You stupid fucking idiot. That's pretty good if you only got 14 in 4.5 right hours. Now, huh? Listen, you poor bitch. I'm sorry that you can't afford a PC. What an idiot. What, right? a, what a stupid well, take. Here's what I told him I said, Yo, I'd be having Skype sex with your mom on my PC. Can your PS5 do You turbo virgin. And, uh... You just had to start something. Yeah. He's literally going goblin. He's going goblin mode right now. He is a goblin man. Do you go, oh my god, I've wasted my life with my drivers. Oh, my 4080 can't run this game. Oh no, what do I do? You know, yeah, a lot you really, but, you know a lot about PCs, Dave. PCs, but like, yeah. but guy. like, here's the funny part about this guy's rant is that he's like, he's like saying like, oh no, my 4080 can't run this game. It's like that's not a problem of the 4080, you fucking dickwad. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. a problem of the studio that you're currently riding for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, literally. Tax. Finish your taxes. Sell this fucking piece of trash. I don't care that it glows blue and it's got some coolant. And oh, look, it runs an anime on my graphics card while it goes. You seen this kind of shit people are doing to these things now? Anime on my graphics card? That guy definitely that runs guy anime definitely, on Yeah, 100%. Card. He definitely just got called out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, hey, like, I don't know. You know, you know what? This has to be the guy I found on the, the subreddit last night. Yeah. The, oh, my God. And like the best is like, so he was he was then chirping afterwards. Like, I can't believe my video got taken down off tiktok i can't believe uh that everyone's coming after me for my take on the last of us and it's just like because it's well, not a yeah, take on the it's last not a, of us it's not a good it's not a good take it's it's very much uh not like you're not considering the circumstances that naughty dog fucked up here and this is your way of deflecting that. Like it's no, it's like it's it's the equivalent of being like, this is why you should take all your vitamins in your veins. If you take a vitamin in your mouth, <laughs> you might choke. I told you to yeah, just put yeah. everything like it's like, what are you fucking talking about? He's a fucking dickhead. We hate him here. <laughs> we hate kind of funny games because <laughs> they're not funny. And they also <laughs> didn't review Hogwarts Legacy because they're fucking cowards. Anyway. <laughs> so with that said, Mike, did you like the Batman? The Batman? Yeah. You know that movie oh, that didn't you oh right yeah, there, there it is, yeah, yeah. I did. You did? And it did it got it got snubbed. It did. It did get snubbed. You know? It it really it don't get me started. Because even know. Roger Deakins was like it got snubbed. Yeah. The um, cinematography in that movie is next level. Like it is just beautiful. It's incredible. Um Are you excited for a part two? I'm so excited for a part two. And I need you to tell me. Why I need to be excited, <laughs> as excited as I am, because I don't know about. I wasn't expecting you to go back with me about this, <laughs> but basically, Mike Flanagan was talking to Deadline recently. Who are you familiar with, Mike Flanagan? 
Not off the top of my head. He's a drunk Irishman. No. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. He's, yeah, his last name's Flanagan. Flanagan. Like, yeah. Um, Mick Flanagan. Yeah, Mick Flanagan. <laughs> yeah, Mick Flanagan. <laughs> um, the new burger from McDonald's. Mick Flanagan. Just seeped in liquor. <laughs> this shit is gross. <laughs> um, yeah, so the deal with Mike is that he was actually talking to Deadline. Um, so he has directed Dr. Sleep, um, Bent Neck Lady, uh, The Evil Priest, and what's the other one he did? So you want me to say The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. Midnight Mass, uh-huh. and Midnight uh, Club. The Haunting of Bly Manor? That's the one, yep. Good job, And Liz. uh And Dr. Sleep, the one with uh, the, the, the sequel the, uh, to The Shining. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mike Flanagan apparently has pitched a virgin, a virgin. Yeah, he pitched a virgin already. He sacrificed. He, he's talking about not funny games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a turbo virgin. Uh, so, he has pitched a feature version of Clayface over uh, to set um, at DC Studios. Several sources tell Deadline. However, no word on a green light yet. The studio has said no. Right, just no. I mean, well, the studio has not said no because there's supposedly some other Batman villains that might be getting their own um, spinoffs too. There's no offers, no deals on the table. Though typically, a uh, DC supervillain in the Mike Fl- in the fan- in the Flanagan pick should it move forward, he wouldn't be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Because they're doing the whole they're trying to do a Venom type of style thing. I sure, know, make me mad. Why not? Um. So the word is here that Flanagan and his intrepid pictures partner. Trevor Macy had a meeting with the bosses of DC bosses, James Gunn and Peter Safran Flanagan. We understand wasn't pitching the character to be part of Matt Reeves, DC Elseworlds, the Batman two set for October 30th, 2025 release date. That said, other sources are telling deadline that the scripts are constantly changing and that Clayface is a big addition to Matt Reeves, the Batman two. It's just going to so, be like the Sandman. It's and, not like and, an official <laughs> thing, but if it's coming from Deadline and they're saying their sources are saying it, it's it usually holds some weight. This is this right. is not like, you know, CBR that's like, you know what I mean? Like, like wouldn't it be cool if they put Clayface and Batman? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, but it remains to be seen whether Clayface is in connection between the Batman 2, Elseworld, and uh, Gunn and Saffron's feature series, Sprawling DC's God Monsters, Chapter one, you know what I mean? I mean the whole slate that they announced. Yeah, exactly. So, um, there's two ways that I think they can go about this and I'm going to tell you them right now. Do it. So the first one is like just golden age. Basil Carlo is his name. And I've pulled up the Wikipedia here and I'm going to read it to you because I wasn't going to write this out. Basil. But basically the original version of Clayface, Basil, Baz, Carlo, Baz Lerman, everyone. Baz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Laz Berman uh, first appeared in Detective Comics number 40 of June 1940. He was a B-list actor who is driven insane when he hears a remake of a classic horror film that he starred in, Dread Castle, mm. um, would be shot without him acting in the film, even though he is the one um, advising the staff. I mean, that's got to be pretty painful, right? Um Donning the costume of Clayface, a villain he once played in a different movie, he begins killing the actors playing characters he killed uh, in the in the order and way that they die in the film. God, that is really not hard to pick on and place him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, there is a clear pattern what's happening here. <laughs> Along with someone who uh, who knew his identity, 
Last, he plans to murder the actor playing the Clayface Killer, and he's foiled by Batman and Robin. He reappears after the prison uh, ambulance he's riding in plunges off of a cliff. He once again donned the mask of Clayface and targets Bruce Wayne's fiancée, Julia Madison. Once again, the dynamic duo foil his plans. A movie buff and a movie buff, Batman co-creator Bob Kane states that the character was partially inspired by Lon Chaney Sr.'s version of The Fan of the Opera, and the name of the character came from the combination of Boris Karloff and Basil Rathbone, which Boris Karloff, if you're not familiar with, he played like Frankenstein, the Wolfman, mm-hmm. all those. Lon Chaney Jr. played the, the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera. And um, this motherfucker, Rathbone, he played uh, <laughs> Mr. Mudstone in David Copperfield, uh, Romeo and Juliet, um, Robin Hood. You know, he's, he's, he's a big, he's a big uh, sure. leading man type of vibe from back in the day. So how does this how is this gonna fit in with the the post was it the post credit scene for the no, Batman? No, 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 that's Joker. That's yeah. No, I'm saying like why would like where are we gonna put Joker? And if we're doing him, if we're doing a whole Clayface movie, like why would you bother putting Joker in the end of that? Because money. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> what? So you're gonna do it when you're hoping three films down the line. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's, uh-huh. that's kind of what they're looking for, you know. There's, you know. Okay. I mean, well, e- either way, though, I think that version is a good version for the Matt Reeves universe. It's not really too fantastical or too um, too sci-fi. I was yeah, if like you will. Yeah, too fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Batman was very grounded in practical effects. Well, yeah, and I I had said before that like it's it's not too far to add, um, Mister Freeze because technology is one thing. But to be like, I'm a giant mud monster. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> but, mud man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that would be weird. So the other, um, the see. other version of this character, mm-hmm. um, who was I? Be- I mean, he was really popularized by Batman the Animated Series. I was gonna say I know this one. Uh, I'll pull him up right now. Here he is. Right. So this motherfucker, he um. He's an actor who he was in a horrible uh, accident, right? Mm-hmm. That's his whole. That's his whole thing. I think. Uh, I think we, we can get like an official breakdown here. Yeah. So Matt Hegan was an actor working for Imperial Pictures called The Man of a Million Faces, and he had been disfigured in a terrible car accident while receiving. Uh, while recovering in the burn clinic, he was approached by a corporate industrious Ronald Daggett. Remember Daggett Ronald from Daggett. Remember Daggett from the. Dark Knight movies. Mm-hmm. This is where he comes from. Mate, yeah. Uh, who made him a test subject for a compound called Renew New. Renew Ren- You. Yeah, Renew You. Uh, Renew New. <laughs> Renew New. <laughs> that he promised would immediately restore his young and good looks. In payment, Hagen impersonated people in an illegal manner for Daggett. Oh, what happened? You can't children need our support. <laughs> um, whoops. Did we, we watch this episode? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I, yeah. This, I was like, this really sounds familiar. Hagen impersonated people in an illegal manner for Daggett. Hagen greatly represent, uh, resented this, but was forced to comply as the Renew You chemical was extremely addictive and Daggett was the sole pro- uh, producer. Also, it was, it was fucking up his skin. So if he like went without it, you see how it was fucking yeah. him up? He would get all melty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not great. No. So then eventually he like dropped himself in a vat of it and he became this motherfucking guy. Now, this is, I think, the version that James Gunn's universe would use because that seems to be the more fantastical, fantastic, 
seems Fantastic. to be the more uh the more out there comic booky version to use. You know what I mean? So either way though, I'm excited that we get to use that there's that there seems to be a prospect of them using these characters that we've never seen before in movies. Because, you know, Penguin Riddler we've already seen, Joker yeah. we've already seen, uh, Carmine Falcone has been in in the last Batman trilogy, and he's in this one. So I'm just very happy that they're deciding to be like, who's somebody that we haven't seen? They you could know? also, they could probably do this. I think they could, if they tied it into like when Gotham got flooded, and like maybe he got fucked up in that kind of thing, and it, then it like just disfigured him mm-hmm. as like part of the chemicals and everything, so it's not like a big... Clay Man, and yeah. it's more like you said, like more of like the Elephant Man type yeah, of style. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like more of the disfigurement and almost like a, a two face type kind of like disfigurement thing. Mm-hmm. Should, we, should um, we trademark this now? This is our idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pat, pat, patent pending. Patent yeah. Pending. yeah. TM, TM, TM. Trademark, trademark. Exactly. And then like, don't I, be rude. <laughs> and maybe he blames Batman or something because. The Riddler, he didn't. Well, that's how it all. That's how it all is. Batman's fault. I'm just writing it. I'm writing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. And I could see that being the practical way to do it, as opposed to like the very fantastical giant mud man, because we don't need another Spider-Man, Sandman kind of. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. We don't need that. However, like I said, I'm just very happy that you're deciding to think outside the box of the villains, as opposed to being like, you know, what's worked a hundred times before. And we could really capitalize on. I would love to see a scarecrow. I know we've seen him in the Dark Knight trilogy, but like not as the scarecrow, basically. I'd love to see like the like horror compound scarecrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like he actually. Well, all right. Which version? You mean like. I'm like the Arkham. Like. Oh, that one. I like want the, like, one, the one with the needles in the hand yeah. and everything. Okay. So what about. All right. How about this one? I could see that if it's like super dark and horror oriented. Yeah. Have Sam Raimi direct it. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> I like him. He's good. I like this. This is a little bit better. And then look at this guy yeah. with a noose around his neck. That's pretty cool. Um, what's the other one? Um, that's scary. Like that. That's freaky. I think. Scarecrow Batman. Oh, his injustice skin. His injustice look is. This fucking one's a little wild. too like. This one reminds me too much of um. This is too much of like a Venom Carnage kind of look. Yes, but you want to know what I like about this one is that when the fight starts, it's Jonathan Crane, and he just in he just yeah yeah he, yeah he hits you with the gas, and then he turns into that. You that's know what, I, what mean? I would that yeah that's actually like if they did something cool like that. Yeah, like everyone who meets Scarecrow gets hit by the gas first. You know what I mean? And then is seen in some kind of different variation yeah, yeah, of yeah, him yeah, in yeah. that way. Yeah. That would be a cool way to actually like do a lot of um. Like Easter eggs about his character development and like looks over the years. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. each one could have a different kind of thing. Yeah, I like this. I like where this is going. We should we're, copyright we're, this. We're too. Uh, we're available to write spec scripts. So. Yeah, definitely hit us up. All right, we'll write you. The sh- we'll write the shit out of a Batman movie for you. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you. My ego. <laughs> thank you very much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're loving that sound. I do, I do, I really am. All right, so um Liz. Yes. Are you familiar with uh Ike Perlmutter? I am not familiar Pearl with Perlmutter. <laughs> Isaac Perlmutter. I didn't know that was his name either. I, I learned it while I was looking at this. So normally we talked about this when we planned this episode. We don't talk about uh, these Bruno. corporate, yeah, we don't talk about Bruno, uh, these 
corporate ousting lollygagging yeah like whatever like i i don't care that a rich guy lost a job and got a golden parachute i don't give a fuck about that um and specifically we were talking about victoria alonzo i think with that whole drama and everything and i just i just could care i could care less about that however ike perlmutter uh he was he was the president of marvel entertainment for the for almost like 20 something years right yeah, and more than that, probably was just a horrible, was a fucking, horrible fucking man, ha- fucking <laughs> like, the worst person you'd ever want to work for. And I've worked for some shitty people, just like very like classic 80s cutthroat racist misogynist. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything like doesn't matter. Yeah. If you were not a white man, he did not respect he or did, like you. Exactly. So um, I have a list here um, of what his actual rule. I have like. Some stuff here of what uh, uh, what Ike did at Marvel. <laughs> let's just say. So let's just start with what his role was overall. This isn't a, a list of accusations or something. No, after- this is a no, list of shit he absolutely this, this is a did. List of like okay. factual or reported factual information. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Perlmutter's career with Marvel extends all the way back to the early 1990s in which he served as a member of the company's board of directors long before the inception of the MCU. By the time the superhero franchise got its start in 2008 with Iron Man, Perlmutter was serving the CEO of Marvel Entertainment. He sold Marvel to Disney initially in 2009 but remained on, remained on to oversee Marvel Studios. After a series of clashes with Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios removed um, <laughs> was removed from Perlmutter's purview in 2015, allowing Feige to report directly to Disney's executives instead. After the restructuring, Perlmutter remained chairman of Marvel Entertainment and was involved in the Marvel te- Marvel's television projects for several more years until they folded into Marvel Studios. Now, that is wild to me that in 2015, DC was trying to buy Kevin Feige because they had gotten the word that Pearl that Perlmutter was pissing him off and that he wanted to get the fuck out of there. Oh yeah. They were um, hoping to just swoop in and be like, listen. So he did he did facilitate the sale of Marvel to Disney in two thousand nine, which, you know, for good or for worse, we're here fifteen years later, so it's not like it matters. And originally he licensed the X Men and Spider Man to Fox and Sony in the late nineties to, you know, make sure that they were, you know, not about to go under. You right. know what I mean? So, uh, Perlmutter's name may have a negative connotation when it comes to his work at Marvel Studios. It is important to note the positive impact he had on the company as well. It's no secret that Marvel went through serious financial turmoil in the 90s, causing the comics company to sell the film rights to several major characters, including Spider-Man, X-Men, and the Hulk, to different studios to avoid bankruptcy. According to Forbes, Perlmutter was important in easing Marvel's financial burden, primarily through his work on the company's early films that pre-MCU, like Spider-Man, Hulk, Daredevil, eventually selling the company to Disney, as we've said before. Selling the film rights to the most popular characters may have been become a creative burden in the age of the MCU. <laughs> boy, there it is. Oh, boy. The understatement of the fucking century. <laughs> but this move greatly increased the company's merchandising opportunities, which is true, dude, because when those Spider-Man movies came out, I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Sp- Spider-Man merchandise. Since the medium of the film is decidedly far more reaching than comics, Marvel's mo- Marvel movies had bigger audiences that opened up merchandising opportunities that were completely unavailable before. When the MCU did begin in 2008, Perlmutter was involved in creative decisions for the franchise all the way through the release of the Avengers Age of Ultron in 2015 when the Disney restructuring had developed Marvel films promoting Feige. See, that was the, the, you should have let this man just be a boardroom accountant. Like, that's all he should have done. 
to like be like, this is how we're going to make the money. This is what we're going to need to do. We need to stay afloat with this and this. When you put him in creative power, that's when shit got bad because he had said, um, Oh boy, do I got some news for you, but keep going. I, I've got to figure where, where you're going. Yeah, he argued that uh, superhero films with the, either a female lead or a person of color would not succeed. <laughs> and that's why we have these films like, um, shut the fuck up. Yes. Bitch. Like, like was just like, he was just like, nah, give me like captain America. I want to fight oh. Nazis and I want to do this. And so that's why you had all of these things like black widow got randomly thrown in there in 2021. And you're mm -hmm. like, why the fuck is this coming out now? It's cause he basically was like, no, I'm not having a woman lead this film. Well, specifically black Panther and captain Marvel too, were the yeah. two in his memoir, the ride of a lifetime. <laughs> this man have a Disney memoir. CEO Iger, it's Iger's memoir, uh, oh. confirmed that Perlmutter had blocked production on both films, indicating his reluctance stemmed from a fear that audiences didn't want to see films with diverse leads. According to Iger, man, I love the way they put that diverse lead. Yeah, they just, they're just like, According I want to Iger, I know what that man said. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> These films were only greenlit after putting up, after making a personal call to Perlmutter demanding that he stop, quote, Putting up roadblocks, both Black Panther and Captain Marvel made over a billion, becoming the two hot, two of Marvel's highest grossing films of all time. Which, like, boy, what a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Like, You know he's still mad about that. Definitely, definitely. And has made an excuse off-colorly for, like, why it probably worked. And making a what? You know yeah. What I mean? like, yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> a bad man. So, uh, on top of that, uh, uh, before that, though, actually... Ike Perlmutter tried to fire Kevin Feige in 2015, which I don't think you should really fire your main architect because it's a great, uh, you, uh, you weren't doing a great job beforehand without him. So despite Feige's innumerable contributions to the MCU through the entirety of the franchise run, Perlmutter attempted to remove him from Marvel Studios in 2015. In a recent interview on CNBC via Deadline, after returning to his role as Disney CEO, Iger revealed new details about the turbulent relationship between Perlmutter and Feige. According to the CEO, Perlmutter was, quote, intent on firing Kevin Feige. Uh, Iger himself stepped in to prevent that from happening. It was after this that Feige was permitted to report directly to Alan Horn, a Disney movie executive. Which, once again... Um, Marvel lost James Gunn due to Ike Perlmutter yep. and and um, Bob Iger and Alan Horn. And now DC has both James Gunn and Alan Horn. Well, I guess Warner yeah, Brothers yeah, yeah. Discovery as a whole, but has Alan Horn on their side. But it's just funny how like they 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 all the talent that was there just went went like, to the woo! other guys. Yeah. Although the MCU phase four has been divisive. It is clear that Iger's decision to protect Feige has been purely beneficial to the MCU. Feige's creative voice and vision have been instrumental in building the franchise into a financial juggernaut that it has become today. In fact, only four years after sur surviving Perlmutter's campaign to fire him, <laughs> Feige was promoted to president of Marvel Studios, putting him in charge of Marvel's film, television, animation, and comics endeavors in their entirety. Since then, Feige has remained the face of Marvel Studios, almost always acting as the individual to announce the upcoming titles. As he should. Yeah, but the problem is now he's not. Well, now again, his hands yes. aren't in the kitchen as much. So, but I mean, that's. <laughs> he's not making the meatloaf. Yeah. 
Dude, this is this is what I think is by far his biggest event. Go ahead. Fuckle up your seatbelts, everyone, because it's Fuckle up your seat about to be a bubby ride. <laughs> Perlmutter was often embroiled in various controversies <laughs> that continuously soured how he was perceived by the general public. Multiple reports from Marvel employees make reference to Perlmutter's intense desire to remain out of the public eye, which supposedly led him to attend Iron Man's premiere in full costume and an overbearing which led him to attend Iron Man's premiere in full costume. And overbearing frugality, which led to cutting corners at press junkets and similar events. However, while most of these apparent idiosyncrasies were perceived as harmless, some of Perlmutter's personal beliefs have also come to light in recent years that have been proven decidedly less flattering for the Marvel <laughs> executive. Here we go. While Marvel recasting a character for the MCU is not entirely heard of, Terrence Howard's exit as James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, ahead of Iron Man 2, is infamous for the behind-the-scenes tension that it caused. According to certain reports, poor Mo Perlmutter told Andy Mooney, the chairman of Disney products at the time, that no one would notice that Howard had been replaced by Don Cheadle because all black people, quote, look the same, unquote, via Vanity Fair. Um, I gotta be honest... Everybody noticed <laughs> this report has gone on. I mean, Don Cheadle didn't do a bad job. No, we still like all. having him around, but this report has gone unconfirmed over the years. But if true, it does paint a disturbing picture of Marvel's approach to diversity in its early days. Now, I don't necessarily believe that last thing. The, the drama was, is that Terrence Howard wanted more money and they didn't want to pay him for it. So they figured, hey, we can just get another black guy that we won't well, have that, to pay. Well, that, you know, the most frugal that, man in the world was just exactly. like, why not replace him? Yeah, yeah. They're all the Based same, right? Yeah, it's not a yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny that we're talking about this because I did have a conversation with, um, with somebody in my life recently who described to me that it's actually more racist to be like, here we have a Marvel film with a white director, white PA, white everybody, white, and then... They have Black Panther, and everybody on that movie is a person of color. So then they said that's racist. Anthony Mackie actually said it was racist. Himself. Really? Oh yeah, there's a TikTok on it. It's, it's one of his newer interviews, and it's you know, like literally, it's like the segregation of Marvel Studios. It's like okay, so the um, the creatives of color, we'll call them that, uh, they can't work on the white people movies because you know what I mean. That's the and the, but don't worry we made you your own playpen over here pretty oh. much that's how he describes it and that he feels that that is in fact more racist than just mixing us not, all together not yeah. the fact that if you're going to have like a predominantly you know like people of color cast and everything and you're writing it for those like you know that type of culture that type of like everything it's like you want you that's the thing it's like you want you actors want, playing like you know the the characters and their actual like ethnicities yeah, and everything. You and don't want it just you, whitewashed. The point of diversity is to mix everybody together, right? To from get, a production and from in front of and behind and behind the camera. Yeah, to get right? perspectives that you as a white man might not know. Exactly, exactly. And in this particular instance, Anthony Mackie literally said that it is racist that they split everyone up like that, that they were just like, well, the black people get black Panther and the white people get the Avengers pretty much. All right. Well, how'd black Panther do made more money than fucking infinity war domestically. So there so, you go. So <laughs> sit down, uh, <laughs> just got sunned. So <laughs> why Ike Perlmutter has left Disney. 
Perlmutter's departure from Marvel officially comes as a result of Disney's new direction under returning CEO Bob Iger. In the past few months, the company has undergone a massive cost-cutting campaign that hasn't left Marvel untouched. In the wake of Marvel's slight downturn in profits, the company's scaling back production has even delayed the Marvels, as well as multiple Disney Plus projects set to release in the next few years. That's okay. As a result, Perlmutter's dismissal is anything but surprising. I mean... When you spend, 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 and you don't make, make, make. And and here's the other thing, too, is, like, this was probably not, like, ah, like sorry, man, we got to let you go. This is, like, I get the fuck out of here. You know yeah, but I mean? also, like, here's $50 million because your contract yeah, says this. Exactly. Additionally noted in the report that our promoter being laid off that he attempted to shake up the Disney board <laughs> of directors. Last year, he pushed to have his friend, an activist investor, Nelson Peltz, join the board, though he was unsuccessful. This, along with his frequent clashes with Iger and Feige, um, his heavily diminished role and Disney's widespread employee layoffs result in Perlmutter's dismissal being anything but surprising. Yeah. So... Honestly, Good. just to wrap it all up, ultimately, this is going to have little to no impact on the MCU going forward. However, with the Marvel comics, you'll see X-Men come back. You'll see Fantastic Four come back. You'll you'll start to see these characters that Perlmutter had pulled off the shelves because it wasn't directly tied to the MCU and them making profits directly. Right. You know what I mean? You'll start to see some more diverse characters. You'll start to see some more... Um, basically, you'll start to see better representation of everybody overall. And I'm hoping that... It's not just our our. It's I hope it's not. Perlmutter was always a fan of his idea of diversity was more or less pandering. Yeah, and I'm hoping that they move away from that now and they take these diverse characters and they put them all together and they tell really compelling stories because I feel like when Perlmutter was like, "Well, I can't have control of the MCU, but I got control of all the comics." Yeah, he was like, "I'm basically gonna make the stereotype of every single." Um, of every single race of person that I can in these comics and make it really fucking hard for everybody. Yeah. Take away the stuff that they took away Fantastic Four, X-Men and Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man, they just kind of laid low for a while. It's not like they just took them off the shelves because they didn't have the rights to those to basically to put go in. Back and but I'm just hoping now in this new era that he's gone, as far as the comics are concerned, I hope that we get better more diverse stories that tell that create compelling characters for decades. Yeah, to we've come. just removed a bad man from having influence. Yeah, exactly. The problem though is I give it two to three months. I guarantee we're gonna see him doing shit with Donald Trump. Cause he was he had donated like a million plus dollars to his um funds related to like the election oh, of yeah, Trump. Yeah, and yeah. Like he was been weird to, for a while. Yeah, He's been to Mar-a-Lago like several times. I like, bet you he's been on that Epstein plane. Oh, yo, you know he's been on, so <laughs> allegedly. You're telling me two you men that news. like to put their friends in power and on boards and maybe uh, some courts we might not talk about. You're telling me they hang out? Oh yeah, they're best friends. <laughs> I guarantee you. Let's like give it like give it you know three months and you're gonna see like directed by you're Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> you're gonna see Ike, <laughs> Ike and Trump on a bus. Yeah. Grab him by the pussy. <laughs> Oh hell! <laughs> I'm taking away that. I'm taking away <laughs> that soundboard, Pat. All right. Anyway, so do you guys think, like, going forward, that if they do branch out to other um, characters in the comics, do you think this will make the MCU more accessible again? I feel like for a while you had to see 18 movies to understand what's going on in a Disney Plus TV show, 
And then you had to see the D- Disney Plus TV show to understand what's going on in the next four movies. Do you think this will open up doors for new people to watch? So, um, hmm. I just said that this is going to have little to no impact on the MCU. Womp womp. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Liz, I could see in a way where if you wanted to consider it like DC, where it's kind of like we're having certain offshoots of things do different mm-hmm. things and you, it's just like it almost is standalone. That I could see like if they're going to bring in characters and other stories like that, they might do it that way. But I am not optimistic for them, you know, untangling. No. The mess of what it is right now. Yeah, here's the thing. I ultimately, like I said, this he didn't have any control over the MCU, and we saw that with the Inhumans debacle. We remember because specifically he wanted to do the Inhumans because remember he couldn't get his hands on X Men, and Feige already controlled the Avengers, so he's like, I'm gonna do the Inhumans. They told him no. He still controlled TV, so he was like, fine, ABC it is, and then he decided to take the first two episodes. And put that in IMAX and try to market it like an MCU release. And Feige and Iger did everything that they could to stop that from happening. <laughs> and it came out and it was awful. And everyone just watched it sail away into the diff, like the yeah. uh, uh, off like, into the oh, sunset. I'm glad you thought that was fun to put out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's just my whole thing. My whole thing is just like I don't, I don't need another fucking racist old dude in the bo- in the halls of Marvel. You know what I mean? We don't need like, them anywhere. But like especially <laughs> yeah. in like yeah. Marvel when you have all of the like creators and original comic creators creating these characters for such a specific reason. I mean, just like the one that comes out is Stanley being like Spider-Man. You don't see the color of his skin because he can be anybody. Yeah. Like you have that distilled principle in so many of these characters to just have it kind of like, shit on by a man like <laughs> this is just really like hard yeah. to get hard to sit behind and i mean listen like captain marvel made over a billion dollars however it incited an incel rebellion from the comic book <laughs> fan base that sure who saw that coming you know what i mean uh, so you know just Pearl Butter. Pearl Butter yeah. saw that yeah he's like see, see everything I, I told you i, I told you I knew this would happen. I wonder why. Like, tell us why you knew it was going to happen. Say yeah, it. Say, say it. Say it. Go ahead. It's like, like it. my good friend Jeffrey Epstein yeah. used to say. <laughs> say the quiet part out loud for yeah. everybody. Ike. Fuck you, Ike. Yeah. All right. I'm done talking about Ike. <sighs> but yeah, Ike's gone. We don't like Ike. Um, so speaking of things that have uh, also gone the way of the dodo bird, um, Mike, E3 has been canceled. Officially. So dumb. Shot in the head. Yeah. Executed. <laughs> Taken out back. <laughs> Crucified. <laughs> it's almost Easter, Pat. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He was whipped first. <laughs> horribly. Made to carry a cross and then nailed. Nailed to the cross. He had his arm pulled out of a socket to reach the hole where they could put the nail in. And then to make sure he was dead, they jabbed a spear into his fucking <laughs> side. And such is the loving story of E3. Does this mean in three days we'll get E3 back? We'll get E4. We'll get E4, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, everybody knows now E3 was canceled, but I like the, I like the build-up to the situation. After three major game publishers, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, announced that they were not going to attend E3 this year in favor of their own presentations and trade shows, fears of E3's legitimacy grew. Which we've had, there was always that issue when Nintendo said they weren't going in 20, 
17. And then in 2018, Microsoft said, we're not going. And then in 2019, all three of them were there. And we're like, oh, shit, it's just like old times. And then 2020 happened, and they they did an all-digital event. And yeah. then since everyone was like, yeah, we're just going to, we're not, we're, we're just going to not announce anything. Cause we don't know if we're ever going to, you know, we don't know if you're live. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is just doing the same shit as fucking streaming and cable. Yeah. Like everybody is getting their own thing and everybody's just putting out their own thing and you're making it so that I have to watch 15 different videos of 15 different channels doing this and doing this and just shoveling shit in my mouth. <laughs> Do it at one event. That's all. <laughs> so Ubisoft classic they pulled out citing that they were going to have their own ubisoft forward instead which i get why they would because they're in financial straits apparently as well as we've like talked we about on this show yeah <laughs> tickets to e3 <laughs> and then surprisingly sega and tencent which is like they are the biggest gaming company mobile gaming company out there uh, they pulled out, and once they were out, E3 was like, well, we're fucked. Like, yeah. <clears throat> because there's no presentations without these giant publishers. And on top of there being no presentations without the giant publishers, um, no one is paying for the trade show floors. No one's paying for booths. No one's paying for signings. There is nobody to pay any of the lighting guys, any of the sound people. There's not going to be any press there. You know what I mean? So it's really much just like, what are, we, what are we doing this for? You know what I mean? And listen, it's sad because like you look at like um if you look at like pictures from like back in the day when E3 was like like Mario Tennis and like whatever the fuck this is <laughs> PlayStation 2 Conker's Bad Fur Day the Xbox was announced like the there's, Simpsons do you remember when like The Rock and like Danny DeVito yeah, were like all, simping all for those, the GameCube all of those like memes like, where it's like uh, Jason Alexander is in front of the GameCube and is looking like all <laughs> ragged exactly like like, li- like look at all this you know like that was the show floor and there was the Game Boy Advance set up and like here's all like the, the GameCube and everything and like you can go and you can play these demos. This was the Xbox side of the show floor. And remember, this was not open to the public. It was open. It was only for industry insiders for years and years and years. And then they started selling general tickets and it ballooned and became this massive it became thing. basically like a Comic-Con for gaming. <sighs> right. But then it became about greed and then it became about well let's instead of celebrating our industry and looking for the year ahead we should um we should charge all these people to come here i mean they were charging people anyway but this was like now it's like we're gonna profit profit yes. off of it yeah but the thing now is that in the age of the internet you don't need that and we talk about you know this is just evolution like um sony is having a showcase in june i believe xbox always does two a year they have um Summer Games Fest. Yeah. Uh, and they have, God, what's that other one? The Game Awards where they give out five awards and just a bunch of exclusives. and Random tra- people show up on stage. And, you know. <laughs> that guy was at WrestleMania, Dude, too. That guy is terrifying. He, is, he has to be a plant. Like, he can he, literally be, be anywhere. He, he, is, he is the one that I'm like, okay, so like, are we in the Matrix? Because this man is like hopping phone booth to phone booth. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, it's even then, it's just like, I don't. Who, who is, is that guy just going to be in my closet one day? Or like, <laughs> I'm like, who is supporting this kid? Uh, dude, I don't know. Whoever it is, we salute you. We're looking for I sponsors. Love, I love the meme. 
What was it? He gives it out to his stepdad, Bill Clinton, or something. Oh, oh, dude! One of the best memes I've saw about E3 being canceled was they posted a picture of that guy at the of the <laughs> the microphone, and they go, "They were afraid of him. <laughs> they feared him." I saw a tweet that was like, um, "It's also this weekend was like the 40th like Clown Association Awards, and so they were like, the clowns have outlived a- E3." Oh my god, it's <laughs> like that Twitter. It's like Liza Minnelli has outlived like X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But so I, I get that these are expensive to do. I get that it's a big investment, and I get like it's just difficult occasionally. But like like you said, it like it completely removes the collective culture of doing shit yeah and i think it also is it's just i I feel it's lazy remember about liz remember last night it's good for the community yes you remember that remember that kid oh yes okay we went to this retro game store it's called what is it digital press video Uh, games yeah let me look it up really quick in uh springfield i think it's called digital Mm. press yeah digital uh, press press video games in Springfield, shout out, and um, that's I mean that's where I got all those Xbox games and like I, yeah. I finally got those two other Spider-Man games I was looking for, but anyway, um, they had last night that store was packed and it's because they had a bunch of local guys, local collectors come in selling their collections, and I asked the guy I was like, so are you like. I, I don't understand what's going on. He's like, oh, they bring people in and you're allowed to sell your collections in the store. And I was like, oh, you throw up a couple points to the house? Like, how's this work? He goes, no, there is no throwing points to the house. And I and the 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 entrepreneur inside me was like, oh, like, what do you you're mean? You're not taking a percent off the top. Like, what are you saying? Like, you're they're taking up floor space. Like, and they're and you're and you're not giving them any money. They're like, no, because it's good for the community. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a place for us where we can meet. And be like, hey, let's meet me at Digital Press and like you can buy this game. There off was of me. a lot of people there. Now, we the last time we went there, I was really impressed. They had a great selection, ton of stuff between video games, collectibles, consoles, the whole nine yards. And we walked in there. And I'm like, are we missing something? Like they had TVs set up, you could play on different stuff. And um, they're just selling it out of crates. This one kid had a bunch of like Wii and um, Switch games. This kid had a ton of GameCube games. He had an SNES DS that I almost bought. He had oh, modded GameCube. Cool. He did have modded GameCubes. Um, the kids next to him have books and books of like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like these kids were in there. He said they do it at the beginning of the month at the Springfield location and at the end of the month at their other location in Clifton. Yeah, like that shit's cool. And it's just like you said, it drives community. It drives people getting together. It drives also like for an E3 scale of these It drives sales because I bought two games that night. It drives Uh, sales. And I bought a game from that kid and I guess I'm helping pay his tuition. There you go. That's what he said. Perfect. Um, I think it's just lazy when these companies are just like, we're going to do our own thing. Because it's like to... If you were to do E3, you want to show up and you want to wow people because it's almost like I'm Xbox. I'm going to like I'm going to one up PlayStation. Yeah. So now it's just kind of like Xbox is like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Here's the game slate. Here's some kind of stuff. It's not like, you know, it's just it's just announcing shit as opposed to like making a spectacle of it. And like it doesn't make you excited about what's going to come out. So to be fair, I will say this in the age of streaming. Where you can just have your own broadcast and hundreds of thousands of people could watch you on, on a daily basis, right? It it made sense for them to have to pay for the production, to pay for, you know, to pay for all of that shit. So it made sense for them to charge these exorbitant rates. But now, 
when like you can just get a bunch of video editors together and get a fucking stream engineer up and just literally stream a video that you made like with all your trailers your yeah it doesn't you know, have to be live it does, like, yeah exactly it's just it just didn't make sense financially when you're essentially getting the same effect. People are sitting at home on the other side of the screen. I get that being it. said, you don't get Keanu Reeves anymore. What did he say? You're outstanding, oh, or something like that. Uh, hold on, what did he say? That, like that's the thing. I get yeah. it from like a financial standpoint. I mean, Nintendo Direct does it. Nintendo Direct does, does it, it very monthly? well. Like, <laughs> like they do it all the time. They yeah. had what? They had one They're where they announced Tears of the Kingdom, of and then they had one this week where they announced the streets of the future. Yeah. Oh, you're really going to be breathtaking. You're breathtaking. Clearly looks the wrong way too. You hear it comes from this way. Wouldn't want. To oh yeah. yeah. You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. <laughs> you're breathtaking. Yeah, you don't get shit like that. Yeah, you don't get that anymore. Where Keanu Reeves comes out and he's like, "Oh, he's the star of Cyberpunk," and that and that's it. Don't, from don't that talk. Game. About- or you don't get um God what's um um uh you don't get this. Uh, I'm also happy to announce this year's winner for best. Oh, uh, this is an E3, but you get my point. You yeah. don't get Mick Gordon playing the fucking Doom soundtrack, you know, on an eight-string guitar. Right. I think this is the big song everybody likes. You don't get the memes. Not even just the memes, but the spectacle. Yeah, there you go. Just walking around on a guitar playing. But like, this is the cool shit. Like, this is the stuff. Like, if you were there and you're a fan of this, then like, you are you are gonna buy every Doom game for the rest of your life. Oh like, yeah. You saw this, and that's gonna do that. Like, I think that is, the, and you're gonna talk to your friends. You're gonna talk to everybody. I know word of mouth for random people isn't much of anything, mm-hmm. but like, that's to your point. You can now be a big-ass streamer and somebody with content and able to go live and get tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people watching your shit. And if you're sitting there talking about how fucking cool <laughs> that was to sit and watch that, like, I, you've bought games from streamers, like, watching people play. Like, I bought, like, Liz, you, you have two. Like, I think there's influence and I think there's importance in that. That's why I bought The Last of Us. I watched somebody speed run it. Yeah. I watch Pat play it all the time. And I was like, I Pat is your streamer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, play it all. <laughs> There is no game that I am above playing. See Sex with Stalin. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) listen, it's sad. It's the end of an era. But ultimately, I think it's necessary. I think uh, this is evolution. And listen, I hope to see E3 come back in a different fashion. Maybe a smaller event. You know, you don't have to do like the fucking, uh, what was it, the L.A. Convention Center or wherever they did it. Um, Maybe work with these publishers to do an all-digital event instead. You know, basically... We don't want to lose E3 forever. However, I think we're going to. And in in, in its old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, what I'm saying is, you know, we'll we'll figure something out, you know. We'll mm-hmm. we'll they'll get it together. I was about to say don't say it here. We don't need to trademark like the third thing this episode. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, we're we're There's another one for ourselves. you. We're too smart. So, um Michael. Patrick. You like Breath of the Wild, right? I breathe wild. Okay. <laughs> Sure. I don't know where to go from that. Um, but uh, <laughs> do you cry like a bitch? <laughs> yeah, if I'm, if I'm playing Breath of the Wild, I do. <laughs> Welcome to Tears of the Kingdom, baby. <laughs> so uh, there was 10, it was 10 minutes, right? About 10 minutes. 10 yeah. minutes of uh, Tears of the Kingdom gameplay. 
um, was released. And we'll call it, as Nintendo does, it's Nintendo gameplay. So it's not... It's really a gameplay demonstration. It's a, it's a demo of, like, let me walk here and do this and do that, as opposed to, like, here's just the first 10 minutes of you playing does the game. Does it say at the bottom, this is not finished gameplay or something like no, that? No, no, because they oh. have the engine built from the last game. They've really just plopped everything well, in that. Now, this they did say... They, no. <laughs> they did say that they did not... Um, that actually I'll wait I'll hold that they did say that they did not uh they did not just copy the world over they did change some stuff yes the world is changed uh, but yeah but, you know if you pull mountain from one spot to the other and then make it a little bit bigger and that that's what they did. this was originally DLC that they ballooned into a full-ass adventure after the reception of the first one um, which is not uncommon. I mean, we've seen that with we've seen that even with the Resident Evil series. They did that twice with Resident Evil Three. Twice they did that shit. Right. Um, and I think in this instance, it's kind of exactly what I expected in the sense like I didn't think the gameplay would be radically different. It's more like they added on to it instead of changing things. Which so uh, the first thing that drives me fucking crazy is you know what I'm gonna say is that the weapons still fucking break. We're not going to go into I this, hate but it. it's consistent from the last game. We'll say that. If they're using the same engine, they're using all the same, like, pretty much everything. Like, you could have It was the this. one critique, Mike. I know. <laughs> it was uh, the... Not, not even me. Like, the community but, at large is like, man, fuck but, that. But they adjusted it. Weapons can still break, but now you can put shit together and make it stronger. And if it's your, this is about to break, you can just put a big old rock on it. And it won't break right oh, now. Okay. Okay. So I like th that. That's like the big thing is about like the weapon fusion. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, I have 45 sticks and branches. It's like, what the hell can I do with these? You can just go and pick up a pitchfork and you have, <laughs> you know, a 40 foot pole that can poke somebody now. <laughs> now I imagine the, the, since they didn't talk about it very much, um, everything on the ground is still pretty much the same. I would imagine from the first one, right? I'd assume most of that. I don't know if there's going to be shrines and stuff like that. I'm assuming there may or may not be. I, th I, I had a big criticism with shrines. I thought that was if there's like, you know, what, there's like 120 of them or something. Do you remember? Or? It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and they were just basically kind of like you did five of them. You did all of them. Yeah. Um, Korok seeds, get them out of here. That's impossible. There's like a thousand of those. Get like, them the fuck out of here. That's outrageous. Now, um, what did you um? What's it called? Well, that's the thing is that I'm getting to actually is so they focused on everything above the clouds, which that was the first thing that they showed us when they announced the name of the game too. Yeah. Um, was like Zelda. Zelda was um Link. <laughs> yeah, Zelda. You know the guy with the little green hat. Yeah. You know. Uh, he. He's flying through the fucking air, like just skydiving. You see all these floating islands, very Bioshock esque, you yeah. know. Um, and this whole idea of that you can pretty much just physics engine these little it feels boats like and Gary's cars. mod. Yes, it's, it's like yes. Breath of the Wild. Gary's mod. It's very much Gary's mod. But um, I like that addition of stuff because I always thought the best thing about the first Breath of the Wild. Or Breath of the Wild, because that's what it is. Because it's a separate, it's a two, tep two separate Breath of things. Wild too, but continue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in in uh, in name only. Um, it is the they built the physics of the world first, and then put everything else around that. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, me just talking about this makes me want to fire up Breath of the Wild. So bad. I know I really gotta um, play it again. And 
um, I feel like they did the same thing here was they took the physics of that engine and they took the physics of the world. They're like, how do we add on to this from already great gameplay and the construction of, as you said, the cock rocket with the little fans uh, that we saw the little sailboat that they made. There's a little car that they made. Yeah. Um, there was some sort of hot, hot air, air balloon. balloon yeah. yeah. Uh, and this whole thing where you can just drill straight through the bottom of the floor and get all that is great for traversal. It doesn't seem like they changed anything about combat though. I think combat will be pretty much, I mean, they made it so that you can fuse your weapons and you can also, you, they made it more modular mm-hmm. is what they did. Like, so instead of like needing to worry about like hunting the, um, what is it? It's not Lionel. What is the, uh, the big, uh, scary, like, um, centaur looking fuck. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, instead of having to, like, hunt them and get electric arrows, like, you can just basically get all the ingredients that you had stocked up and then fuse an arrow onto it to get a different effect for your weapon. So in the in the trailer they showed, you can have, like, an ice arrow by just combining, like, an ice wing of a bat. You can put a leaf on it, and it'll, like, make it windy. Um, well, these fox oh, right? Lionel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, in one of the things I remember from Breath of the Wild is you had to find one of these guys and either kill him when you were at, like, a low level or just let him shoot you, and you can collect electric arrows because you needed those for the water quest. You know what's hilarious about this screenshot? It's Mm. in a higher resolution than the Switch puts out. (laughs) (laughs) Sure is. So that, um, do you have anything else to add to that? I just, they're going to make, what they've they've done is what it seems like. Yeah, to your point, I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more, like, backstory it seems like i don't know where it's gonna be it might this go into can't like be another one of those zelda games that's like here's a prequel not a sequel no here's a- another prequel to the pre- to the first game not the prequel to the prequel that we put out here's yeah. a sequel to the prequel might- to the first <laughs> what i think they're gonna do is they're gonna go into why all the like ancient shit is around there mm-hmm. um but what they've done is like a lot of what people really liked about breath of the wild was kind of fucking around and doing some weird things and like the speedrunning community is really cool with that. People would make like those octo balloon rafts, like, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, people really like making this game janky and kind of like, <laughs> you know, like people would also like do things where you they would, enjoy like, the community creativity." Pretty yeah, much. yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. I remember you made flying machines in the old one by mm-hmm. like using the magnet and like levitating stuff, like, and they've just effectively given you the tools to do that. Or you, you could freeze a rock in the air or whatever, yeah. smack the shit out of it, jump on, on it. top of it, and then when it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I think like I cannot wait. Yes, I cannot wait to watch people break this. Yeah, so bad. May twenty sixth, <laughs> like, I believe, is the release date. So the other thing that you brought up that you wanted to talk about was the Japanese collector's edition, <laughs> which I was like, it's "What so could this random. possibly be?" Man, what a wild way to. <laughs> so to, you, you know, you get you get the book, you get like the the case, you get everything. Your box standard stuff. You get your yeah. you get you your get a poster. Your, yeah, your art book, your poster. You know, you get a nice little case. You also yeah, what is this USB drive? Um, let's see. Um, collector gear, Zelda themed controllers available. Oh, oh, no, I saw that. that. I was thinking about buying that, but it's like seventy five dollars. But I guess you know what stopped me before. I need a um, pro controller, so. Um, Tears of the Kingdom Japanese Collector's Edition, which costs 15,000 yen. How much is that in um, dollary dues? $110. Uh, okay. That's not bad, actually, for a collector's edition. No, for all this shit. Like, so you get base game, a st- oh, the steel case, a poster, a pin set, an art book, and also a fork and a spoon. What? Why? I didn't even know Japanese people ate with forks and spoons. 
I mean, they obviously they do. Yeah, like, like in the yeah. modern age, but like, but like, yeah, like I just think that's why. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not like it's an. I mean, there's cooking as a mechanic in the game, but it's not like you know, it's not cooking, Mama. How do we get our hands on this? We need to. It's order sold one. out right no. now. You might. They might do it again, but I'll find one. We can do an unboxing. <laughs> you can eat your uh, dinner just like with it and be like, "Hey guys, I don't know why they would do this." Damn. Uh, so yeah, collector's editions out, but um, I truly collector's edition is only one hundred and thirty bucks. That's not bad Plus considering shipping. like fucking well, yeah, but. Considering, uh, oh, we got a $70 game. Oh, okay. That's All the, right. Uh, so actually that transitions to my next point. Let's be clear about something. I, we all think the switch is on its last two, le its last leg, not even two legs. Cause that, that implies it had four. Um, the switch, is on, <laughs> the switch is on its last <laughs> leg. It was underpowered when it was released and it's underpowered. And it's certainly underpowered now when, when even, compared to its contemporaries. Even the upgraded version is underpowered. Like, well, that was the other thing, too. We were going to... I was like, I might buy the OLED Switch for Tears of the Kingdom because I want to get the bundle with all the fancy stuff. And my buddy who works at GameStop then informed me that there is no power difference. The bigger battery that they put in is to compensate for the bigger, more powerful screen. Yep. So it's a zero-sum game at this point. There um, are things that are like upscalers for the for the switch that i've seen um like i have like this is like it's a video game you know like 1440 4k upscaler mm -hmm. i don't know i mean they always have really good reviews i don't know how they work too well um and i think that's how sometimes like streamers get like that kind of quality out of it um but I was, why are you buying that if you're already buying a 300 dollars console that should be doing it yeah because the console doesn't do it like, you know, that's that's literally it. You're forced to do these type of things. I don't know if they work well. I don't know how great it is. I don't know anything about it. If anybody knows about it's it. denser pixelization for yeah. sure. If anybody knows more about it, like, you know, let us know. Come to our Discord and let us know. But <laughs> no, scream in, at us. Put it in the comments. Get that anything. Let, just tell me because I'm just or, or like, is it worth buying? Because I might, you know, throw a hundred bucks this way to like get that kind of thing. So the thing is, though, that the Switch performs at 60 FPS at 900 when it's in dock mode, and then it's 720 when it's not docked, right? That's woefully underpowered. Now, <laughs> I want... I, listen, I get that the Switch has cornered handheld gaming as well as um, console gaming for younger gamers. Exactly. Um, it's a big phone. However, I think that they need to give me a box. I need another box that I can place on my you know on my entertainment center that does proper even just 2k you know, would be nice you know that's actually a really good idea you could take the switch as it is and that's the portable version and instead of just having a dock which is literally just a usb-c cable yeah um have it have like actual like have it have an upscaler in it have it have like a little bit more ram or something that like when you put it in Almost like those external GPUs. Literally. Yeah. Like that would, and you could, you could sell it for another $200 and everybody would buy it. Absolutely. Like I would love to have that. And then it does not affect anything of the functionality, anything of the, like everything that they've put into the switch up to this point. Right. 
all of its modularity, all of its like you younger thing. Like, it's a bold move for them to charge seventy dollars for essentially at this point a last gen title and a last gen DLC expanded title. Yeah, and let's let's uh, this game will not have the impact that that Breath of the Wild did because it's not going to be such a rash departure for the series. Um, ultimately, though. Uh, I'm still going to buy this game when it comes out. I'm going to play the fuck out of it when it comes yeah. out. And um, should be a good time. I think we're all going to do that. No one's going to be upset by it. And then I'm going to be upset when they announce a new piece of hardware. And they're like, oh, we're porting. I know. <laughs> if they say and that you can buy it. Yeah. If they, if they say you can buy it and they you can transfer your save data, that's fine. You can't. <laughs> you know you can't. I'm, if it's anything. I'm fucking hoping. <laughs> buddy, I have Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Like... <laughs> Enough Wait, said. <laughs> you, did you get it for Switch or did you? What? Because I paid the money for the Wii U and I have it for that. Your first problem was having a fucking Wii U. Well, you know, uh, what is it? Um, Super Mario Maker came out on that and I wanted to make my own I Mario levels. Running. No. No, 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 no. Shut it down. Shut it down. That's not the one that we want. We want. Did you get Mario Maker for the Switch? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Okay. <laughs> Super Mario Maker Two, Liz. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, um, I'm so excited for it, though. Like, yeah, all yeah, all, all I, this I, aside, I can't wait to play it. That's true. Yes, all my worries aside, I feel like it'll still be a good game, and uh, ultimately, you know, uh, they 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 got us by the balls on this one. There's also like not an effectively bad Zelda game. Like some are some are better. Well, here's the thing: some are better than the others. You what? What one are you gonna say? Skyward Sword, I I put down after three hours. It's not a great game, but if you like play through it, you're like, okay, I don't hate it. <laughs> this is not exactly a ringing endorsement. But what the, what I'm saying is like, even a bad Zelda game isn't. I'll atrocious. tell. I haven't. I don't even know if I've told this story on the podcast. It's like a thirty, not even like a thirteen second story. <laughs> I'm say it's a thirty minute story. <laughs> <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. Now, um. But basically, uh, Liz watched a video on Breath of the Wild, and she was like, I think I'm going to play this game. And she goes and buys it. And I was I had never played a Zelda game before, ever in my life. Really? Never, ever, ever. They just never appealed to me. Like, you're going to find no, that, out. No, that makes sense. You're going to find mind. out real soon why they don't appeal to me. Um, <laughs> and she puts it in. She plays it. And she gives up after two hours. Like, I, I can't figure this out, right? Now oh. I had I had literally like two days before had um been laid off. I was like, well, it's here. I got nothing to do. I might as well try it out, right? A hundred and fifty hours later, I'm yep. like, this is one of the greatest games I've played in my life. <laughs> and I asked my friend, who's a huge Zelda uh, nerd, I was like, are they all like this? He goes, no. That's what makes this one so special. Is that like this is the first Zelda game like this, and they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So. I went back and I tried Skyward Sword. I tried Twilight Princess. I tried okay, all of that and makes just, sense. Then and I'm just like, mm, I get why I didn't play these. See, but for me, it was the opposite. We had this type of Zelda. We had Wind Waker. We had Skyward Sword. We had Twilight Princess, and of course, we had Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Oh well, I did go back to play Ocarina of Time, and I haven't played Majora Mask Mask yet. But I there is quite a camp of people who who that's a hard fucking game. Majora's like, Mask. Yeah, I had that for um. 3DS? N64. Oh. No, N64. For some reason, I don't know. I had the weirdest mix of games. Like, every Pokemon game, Majora's Mask, and then some army games. <gasps> I loved um, the little Sarge, army soldiers. Sarge's Sarge's Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. yeah. And 
I probably, I mean, if you think I gave two hours to Breath of the Wild, I mean, seven-year-old me gave like ten minutes, thirty minutes to Ocarina. I just followed the little fairy. I'm like Ocarina. Sorry, majority. Listen, <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah, yeah, she just yelled, "Hey, listen!" at me the entire time. Ocarina is great. Majora's Mask is really good. It's just hard as hell. Yeah, uh, you. You're, you're dealing with time, but I've, so but I've, that that was yeah. the, that was the thing. It was like we had this, 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 and this, and then it was like you just gave us what we want. Like what it what Breath of the Wild was so special about was it felt like how you remembered Ocarina of Time, like when you were ten playing it, and like you were in the field, and it was massively expansive, and yeah. everything looked so big. I mean, now when you look at it, it's like you can see one into the other basically because it's an N64 game. But this gave us that exact feeling of that nostalgia and openness and massiveness. That was the breath. My one friend, uh, my my one friend is constantly telling me that I should play Majora's mask. I'm like, I got to finish Ocarina of time first. He's like, well, when is that going to happen? I don't know. I'm 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 going on my third playthrough of Resident Evil 4 remake. I'll let you know. <laughs> I get I get it. I get it. <laughs> um Dungeons and Dragons everybody. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Um You want to go ahead and start? We'll start non-spoiler. Sure. Okay. I um what so it came out comes it came out yeah, March 31st. Mm-hmm. Um I'm looking is, it up. Yeah. It came out. It came out just this past Thursday. I saw it on Thursday night. So did we. The order was pretty empty. Um, <laughs> understandably. Yeah. Um, quick summaries: It's a charming thief and a brand of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a long lost relic. But their charming, using charming again, adventure goes dangerously awry when they run afoul with the wrong people. This. Snippet summary describes my exact feeling of what the fuck generic kind of thing yeah. did I watch. So I, all right, I, um, now I heard what you said before when I was in the other room. You liked it. That's the thing. There are good parts of it. And there's a lot of it that like, I was, mm, what's like, what's happening. I went into this being like, this has really good reviews. I've heard nothing but good things from people that I trust. And I watched the whole thing and I was like a fucking heart monitor that had flatlined. The guy next to me at one point put his hand over his mouth and goes, are you joking? And got up and we never saw that dude ever again. It, um, it, it's definitely made for a younger audience. It's absolutely made for that. Guardians of the galaxy, but for fantasy. But that's even, what I think even, it but is. But even less. Yes. It's like it's like mix take Shrek and take out all the adult yes, take out yeah. all the adult jokes and that was it. And I was like, it was not marketed that they way. They were dying. What? They were dying the entire there time. Was, there was one part I laughed at. Uh, I had I, audible laughs. A few. I'll, I thought it was I chuckle laugh, funny. I laugh at more things than I should, and I'm aware of that. I'm self aware. Because you you mom, have humor in your heart. I do. I still have light in my life. Um, my mom thought it was hysterical. My mom loves Chris Pine and she loves him in Star Trek and everything. So she, which was to his credit, cackling. He's great. He is great in it. The cast is great. 
Besides for Justice Smith, I maintain that he should no longer work in Hollywood. But they just, they um, wrote that character like ass. But that's why he's playing him. I know. Like, he plays the same fucking character in every movie. I know. He's like, very typecast. Yes, exactly. Like, the, the sheepish kind of, you know, the bitch. He plays yeah, the yeah, bitch. Yeah, the, the person that, like, you yeah. go and you bully and push into a locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the day, he's like, I learned how to unlock this from the inside. Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. like, great, good yeah. for you. And um, Michelle Rodriguez... Uh, a great like you know hellion barbarian type just character take her from the fast and furious movies and put her in this and there you go <laughs> which was the which we got the you know obviously the preview for fast and furious before this and i was like oh that's fucking funny we didn't see any of the previews because we walked i sat once again this was another movie that we sat down and it started so i was like ah oh, thank god oh it i went through to an eight thirty showing it started at eight fifty seven. <laughs> We went when we finished the meeting. I looked at my phone and there was a six forty five. So I like, let's go right now. Yeah, let's going. get it out of the way. Pat said it was six. He's like, do you want to go to the movies at six forty five? Like, yeah, sure. And he was like, all right, I'm gonna go shower real quick. We left the house at six forty two. Still got there in time to got see the movie. Time. Um, so a little bit. Uh, this movie was made for one hundred fifty million dollars. It made thirty eight million domestically, internationally another thirty three million opened up with seventy one million. Not, not bad. bad. Not, not bad. bad. Um, but uh it's gonna need to do a lot in the next couple weeks. Now here's the problem I think it had. It released in between John Wick four, like the the culmination of a crazy act like set the bar for action franchises, and it's coming out a week before the absolute juggernaut of the Super Mario Brothers movie. That comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. So, um, and that's going to have a crazy opening, like, because it's in the middle of spring break. All the kids are off. Yeah. It purposefully opens on Wednesday, and I think showtimes even start as early as, like, Dude. fucking 9 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a noon, a 2.45, a 5.30. Oh, my God. There's, okay. And it's multiple theaters. Like, they have, you know, even, like, yeah. One of the theaters that we go to that predominantly only has digital has a 3D showing of it too. Like it yeah, is it's going to be gangbusters. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the first movie of 2023 to do, to make a billion dollars. I'm willing to put I'm willing to put all my own money on that. Um this is sitting right now at a 90 from like actual, you know. Yeah. From uh, critics from critic and, score and the 93 for audience score. Are we talking about Dungeons and Dungeons Dragons? Dragons yeah. Which uh, the only thing that, like, I guess, like, my expectations walking into it would be that would be, I don't want to say grittier, but I almost expected, because, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, and we'll get into this a little bit more when we start talking about specifics for it, I feel like the best parts of, like, ever playing Dungeons and Dragons or, like, the whole concept of that is kind of like you playing a character and then there's being that disconnect where you're like, I would approach things like this, but in that world, if you approach it that way, you fuck everything up. And that's hysterical. Like you go and you're like, I'm just going to go and like, you know, barge through this door because yeah. I want the treasure. And, and then it just like causes so many problems. Yes. I was expecting more like, I guess I don't want to say gritty humor, but like everything about it was, this is so funny. This is so funny. This is so funny. And aren't all the, we hilarious? That yeah. was it. That yeah. was it. So here's, uh, this is the most, conflicting movie I've seen in a long time because I do think the action is good. Mm -hmm. It's filmed really well. You can see everything that's going on and they don't skimp out on the stunts. I think it looks really good. It was bright. I think, yes, <laughs> it was very colorful. I think the performances are great. 
I think the casting is apps like for the roles that they play are impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the story actually had quite a lot of heart in it, like especially towards the end. And um, I think that the production looked great. I think the sets, the costumes, the CGI was either. I can't tell if that's real or not. To that looks fucking awful. Well, there was um, a lot of practical effects, which I really liked. I dude, I fucking loved the creatures and everything. Yeah. That shit with Jonathan. Yeah, what, dude, I loved him. He was great. I thought, I thought that was a big standout. Was it really felt to me like it was a, like it almost you know, like Labyrinth, you know, like um with David Bowie, like mm-hmm. that movie from back then. It had a lot of like the Jim Henson creature shop kind of things. It felt like in that vein with all of it which made it very fun to watch yeah. for that type of thing. Um, and I'm really glad they actually did. Cause I mean, this would have been, I think it would have been horrible if it was all CGI awful. It would have been like, you know, like it would have just removed all fun elements. It would have removed anything that kind of made it like slightly campy that worked. Yes. I would agree. Um, so here's my, um, here's my thing though. I think, I think for what this is going for, it works. I agree. It really works. That being said, this movie's not for me. It's not. It just isn't. I look, I'm not a swords and sorcery guy. Like I never have been. I've never seen the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh and I have no desire to. I get that they're amazing and what 47 Oscar nominations that won like 17 of those. Like I get it. Like, but I, it, that just, that just, that fantasy style of story, it doesn't appeal to me. Like the Witcher I like, but I mean, like, I'm not even going to watch season three at this point. Cause like Henry Cavill's not, not even in, in it, it anymore. The anymore. Um, I tried watching game of Thrones. I got a season and a half in and I was like, I just don't care. I tried watching rings of power. I got three episodes in and I was like, fuck this as well. Um, we watched house of the dragon the whole way through but that's because I feel like that was heavy on the politics, though, and that's what I was really into. Right. Um, and you're just not like the fantasy. I'm just genre. not into the fantasy genre. I'm sorry. Which like, is that's where, just, like you said, your confliction like, comes from. You're where like, it's like um, I get this is good, and I get why people like it, but I don't just see, because I'm not partial to that type of genre of film see i like that type of genre of film like i really like the lord of the rings movies i know people give the hobbit a ton of shit i liked most of those movies um and i'll give like what i really like about all of those is the world building and i like that it is like for lord of the rings it's like you have the lord of the rings enemies you have the villains you have the like type of creatures that exist in that universe Dungeons and Dragons is really niche, I feel, and like has a lot of those really, really detailed, specific kind of things. I didn't know that it, yeah. did not appear in this film. Well, though. that's the thing is that like as somebody who did who doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons, um, I don't feel like if you didn't if you were a Dungeons and Dragons fan, there's probably some shit in here. No, very minimally. And even if there, and even then, I don't think that takes away from the overall experience. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing I want to express is that objectively, the this is the best version of this movie that they were going to make. It's it's the, you know you don't feel the runtime, the character like there's no heavy like no heavy like it's real light. It's real, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and also like 
like I said before, the action's really good. The cast is really good. It's funny in parts. Like, it's chuckle funny. It's not, ah, ha, ha, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's just, it didn't, it, it didn't do it for me. Like, I was a flat line the entire way. I don't understand. And I looked to some of the audience members. I mean, the guy next to me literally got up halfway through and never came back. Um, and I looked at some of the people who were down the row, and they were just also just completely stones yeah. as well, you know? Like, And I'm sure there's – and obviously there's people who like it. Like, how many how many audience reviews Over is Over 1,000. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not as many as yeah, normally, but, but you get – And how many critic out. reviews? 218. Okay, that's exactly where it normally is. So yeah. it this is not an the thing I will say though is that the people who did like it, who are who are because I see quite a lot of people online who are saying they like this movie, they love it a lot, all this stuff, right? I think that it is it's gonna have legs because of that. It's gonna have a lot of oh, you should go check that out before it's not in theaters anymore. Oh, you should this or you should that. Because the people who did like it are gonna tell the people who are, I don't know if I should see it or not. To yeah. go see it. And when those people go see it, that's all. Then that's have a little bit more. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's going to thin the herd as it goes because yeah. it's not going to be like John Wick where John Wick's already made over $200 million at the worldwide box office Rightly because so. it it debuted with 135, but now you're coming into the next week and it's like, you got to you gotta fucking see this. It's fucking yeah. insane. So it's there's like not nothing, a single person. to talk about. Yeah, just go see yeah, it. Yeah. There's not a single person that I've, that I've talked to who has seen that movie that wasn't like wow that yeah. was fucking incredible Liz, your, like, i was talking with your mom before we started the podcast and she was like yeah and i heard john wick 4 was good and i was like it's such a good movie i was like every time every john wick movie is just john go kill and shoot people and punch them and you're like okay how's this gonna be different and then it's like oh fuck that was so good like, yeah every time yeah but um, i get what you're saying where it didn't do it for you i felt like if this was the line where it was like oh it's got to get up and go over that it just hit like right here and mm-hmm, stayed for mm-hmm, me yeah um that being said, I really liked Hugh Grant. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. I one of the one of the one of the big notes is like what again, like what I said, I was like, it just felt far too generic for me. Um, like it could have uh anything could have happened in any different way, any different character, any different enemy, any different thing could have been swapped out for something else and it really wouldn't have affected anything. Now, do you think if this same movie had come out, say, five years ago? it would have been as received as well, or you think we would have liked it more because you got to remember, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. They MCU ified that the fuck out of this movie. Like this is as if very, this is as if they made a Marvel movie with Dungeons and Dragons. I, I think honestly, that's why it works when it works. Yeah, but it has no effect on me anymore because I've seen all the MCU movies. You know? Yeah, like, in, like, in, in the yeah. in the level and like if you want if we want to get into spoilers, like I'll yeah, talk, let's, I'll talk let's, about we'll one. Ahead, we'll yeah. rate it and then I'll talk about one so, big point in there. Here's where I'm at. I think that this is really. I think for what this is going for, it's great. It hits all its marks. But for me, as 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 a viewer, as an audience member, I don't love this genre. I. I don't know. There's nothing about it really excite me. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and I do have some minimal criticisms that like that doesn't take away from the storytelling or the effects or the action. It's just things that I would have liked to have seen. Um, so uh, for me, I would give this like a 7 out of 10. Yeah. I'd say for someone who has more of that like proclivity for this type of fantasy stuff, has played Dungeons and Dragons, might be like for the audience who is 
like, hey, yeah, I like these kind of things. I want to go see it because it's an actual Dungeons & Dragons property. Yeah. To me, it feels like it does have that feeling. Everything you said with the cast, the direction, the the story, it does feel to me very authentic to like a Dungeons & Dragons gameplay experience. Like, mm-hmm. the, like that you're a lot of it hanging out with friends and like the party element I really like of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons where you will play... I want to say like small stories or small portions of the story, like in that one session. And there's obviously like a bigger overarching story. Uh, This felt like one of those small offshoot sections and it felt very contained and good and complete in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I'd give it like a seven and a half, eight. Uh, It does. Like you said, it is the best version of this movie that it could have been. Yeah. What about you, Liz? What do you think? I really wanted to like this movie. And I really, I had a good time seeing it. That was great. I have not thought about this movie since. That, we that is, uh, yeah, that is, yeah, like the, that when I, I, for the first time ever in the, the existence of this podcast, I was like, what are we talking about today? Yeah. Yeah. I was coming up here to sit down and my mom goes, don't forget to remind them it's supposed to be a happily ever after. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> you're like, what are for what the last of us i don't think so mom (laughs) so with that being said i'm gonna give this and everybody died wow a six harsh i know i I think that's fair yeah i would give it you know i think it's a solid seven yeah solid a rock hard seven i'm i'm fine with that because okay in it while we while i was watching it solid seven because it's been four days and i've now watched two john wick movies now in between that time frame Oh. A six, because I just don't care. I'm sorry. I, yeah. don't, I don't care. Um, you watch it once. That's all you need to do. It serves its purpose for watching it once. I yeah. also just want to say, that doesn't mean I would... Ne- I'm like not knocking Dungeons & Dragons the game. Sounds I, like it. No, no, no. I would play Dungeons & Dragons or like watch people do it, because I don't think I'd ever conceptualize it in my brain. This, but, is, this is on a different playing field. Yeah, this is... Yeah. This, yeah. But, so no. Six or seven, whatever. <laughs> I like how you just told everyone you're too dumb to play Dungeons and Dragons, which is literally the sweatiest of the sweaty games. (laughs) Like, Magic's pretty damn close, too, dude. Look, I I have never claimed to be good at games. If it doesn't have a farming simulator attached to it, I'm not going to play it. You could choose to be a farmer in Dungeons and Dragons. Liz, it's your imagination what limits you. All right, so let's get into spoilers because I got something to say about that. Go ahead and start. Okay. One of the things that bugged me about this movie is that the hero of the film is a non-combative uh, class. He's a bard, right? And that bugged the shit out of me because there was never a... I was expecting like a Jack Sparrow moment where you're kind of unassuming that this guy is like... Like a Mr. Bean type of Yes, like, <laughs> like, like you don't think... Or Mr. Magoo. He, like. You think he's an idiot, and then you find out, oh, wow, he's actually really well-equipped to handle himself in these situations. You know, like, he slaps a thing, he goes up on a rope, he fights two guys, you know, he stabs... A, you know what I mean? Like, there was never that moment where it, like, just took off, and this insane like fun action set piece happen now that does happen later on in the movie but it doesn't happen with chris pine's character it happens with michelle rodriguez because she's playing because what's her role she's a barbarian yes okay so she's the combative type she's the one that does all the fighting for them um the the druid i thought was cool because the uh, the owl bear thing was a nice touch i was like that felt like um 
the Hulk beating the shit out of Loki. That's like exactly end, like, what I thought. And that's what I'm saying, dude, yeah. MCU. It was very, I um, was like, that is just that scene. I was yeah. like, they probably used the same like mocha. <laughs> <laughs> Puny human. <laughs> um, then what's that other, um, Justice Smith, I have nothing to, I have nothing to say about him yeah, because a, it's the same sor- character. He's a sorcerer. It's the same character he plays in every movie except for this one. He didn't scream as much. Yeah. Like, you know. And then you have the um, other dude playing the paladin who we, like, um, the knight who they, they go. Yeah, in, yeah, I'm glad they didn't beat your beat it over your head with, like, the cloud. Like, he's a paladin, so he has this, this, and this, and this, this. You know what I mean? It just, they, they this was, was a just, movie. He's an honorable man. They show, not tell, which I did appreciate. But once again, it was also one of those things where it's like, why is everybody but the main character leading the quest? See, but I think that is the, that is very Dungeons and Dragons. And that was the thing I liked with it was you're playing a class and the point of your class is to solve problems within your box. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause otherwise then you're like, yeah, you're a multifaceted main character. And then it's like, well, why are you playing with the team? Yeah. Like the whole point of it is like he, like he talks about, he is the strategist. He is the person that is cunning. He's a bard. He's tricky. He's I like, you know, he played it. He played a very restricted bard. Like usually a bard is like uh like, you know, a thief or a, some kind of like, you know, just underhanded. Like, you know, you don't, you're not the best, like you're not the best. want to use the G word, but you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> he, or like, they're very, um, just like, like, I can't think of the word, but the, he's a very like refined and elegant and kind of like he stole some stuff and now he's like remorseful about it because he got affected by it. Are you thinking he should have had like more tricks up his sleeve? Thank you. Trickster. Yeah. It's like, like that's generally how a bard is typically played. I like that. They didn't just make him like a goofy kind of funky kind of dude because you needed his actual emotional weight to drive the story. Um, That said, I don't feel like he served the purpose as the leader very well. I mean, it just it just feels like this was a holdover till they do the next Star Trek movie for him, right? Like kind of how it fe- kind of how it feels. Uh, it's nice to see Chris Pine in something that doesn't have a uh, moral reprehensibility to his character, specifically involving like, hey, we we're just gonna use this guy's body as a vessel for for Steve for Trevor. Crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the biggest criticism I had about this movie was how much time, or the stakes felt like nothing. Because, A, there's 90% of the movie where we're not in front of the villain or the mm-hmm. villain is not affecting us or doing anything or we're not seeing any problems that he's causing. And then the actual, like, you know, fight with the villain. And I'm going to say Hugh Grant is the villain because that's how it's portrayed for 90% of the film. Um, is we're going to steal from him. Like, that's the... Well, they're thieves. I understand that. But, like, the whole... I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's not a weighty. There's no emotional weight for me there. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I know you're stealing for him to get, like, back his daughter and prove things like that. But it was specifically to get the tablet to bring back the wife. Right. And the reason that he wanted to bring back the wife was because the the child never met her. And that's the thing. It's not necessarily convoluted, but it is it is written as therefore, not and then. Yeah, it is, is it is. It is emotional. It is not heavy. And it's not like I felt kind of the other biggest problem I had was kind of like it was just fetch quests, the entire thing. Well, that oh, that's what I I was like, OK, it feels like a Dungeon and Dragon thing, right? Where it's like, oh, if you want to do this, you have to get the scepter of whatever, which and- is fine. Except then they were like, well, that didn't work. 
Next one. Yeah. Next. You know one. what it reminded me of? You ever see Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol? Yeah. Okay, so in Ghost Protocol, that movie specifically, their technology keeps breaking while they're trying to use it, so they have to think on their feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what it. it I literally was like, this is. Mission Impossible 4, like a movie that came out fucking 10 years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I think if this came out like five to 10 years ago, I think it would we'd be have received. a better response to it. But that's the point as to like, I was like, oh, there's no weight because I was like, okay, you spend the whole time getting this helmet. And then it's like, we can't use the helmet. Figure out another way. And it's like, okay. So it was like all of that thing you just did is like, you're like, you could have just done something else. Or you could have done something else. And like, not in the way of like, it didn't have an impact for them to fail. Yeah. And they fail all the time and then they just go to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. And like that, I get it. Like the whole point is he's like, you know, I'm the master of failure. This is what I do. I just continue to do this. And like, it's a bit of a theme. Yeah. But I think it really pulls it out underneath it. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of the, uh, red witch, red wizard? What are they? Red wizard. Um, I thought that was cool. Like I liked, like I felt that they could have, I mean, obviously that's the main villain and the main like you know big kind of thing um i liked like the red death cloud that was pretty cool um i like the idea of heroes not getting their due like the reason why he stole from the red wizard was it this are they red wizards they're red wizards um the reason he stole from the red wizard is because they mark and they mark their their treasure and that's how it led them right to him like so his the folly of him is that his own greed got his uh got his wife killed and his daughter eventually taken away from him because that's right. what like, it leads to good writing yes like real good writing yeah real, and like you don't figure that out until later because they show you him they show that he passes it in the first time and then he actually like admits to it and then yeah you get like some of that kind of like non-trusted narrator yeah um again good writing compelling kind of fun things it's just I never felt the stakes were. Anything it, felt, it, felt more weird, it felt weirdly heist what they movie. Need. Yeah, but even then, there, there, but not like there wasn't like that, 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 um, that cleverness or like, um, I never worried about somebody dying. No. Yeah, I never had that fear to, at all. To which, when it happened, I was like, okay, I yeah, know what I, knew, I was like, I know what I knew gonna what do. they're gonna do. Yeah, exactly, and that's the whole thing. Because wasn't that thing as uh, she said, uh, let it go. Or let let yeah with the, the wife yeah the dragonfly you got the dragonfly going through and which was also interesting motif I don't it, um I I'm sure there's some dragonfly lore that like we could get into it's supposed to symbolize something it's and it's symbolizing it his wife is what it is and like you know that she's with him on the journey and she's continually going to be with him and then you eventually realize that the child's mother is actually the barbarian because. You know, she raised. She him. died as a baby. The mom died as a baby, and then she raised her. Yes. Yep. And that's, so that's where we realize Chris Pine is not trying to resurrect his wife so that his daughter has a mom. It's for selfish reasons. He's supposed to be realizing that everything is his fault all the time, and yada yada. Which yada. he realizes and says again. Great writing. Yeah. He's like you know, he's like, I wasn't trying to resurrect your mom. I was trying to resurrect my wife. Like I said, I I I don't think. Um, I don't think this story is necessarily written. I don't think this movie is written poorly. I no. don't think it's necessarily a bad movie. I just don't feel like it ever reached the heights of a movie like this could. Like there, I like. I'm sorry. I think the whole the whole fact that he's a bard just sucks the fucking. Like he should be like a knight or a warrior or something. You know what I mean? And I get he was a harper in the beginning, and the whole thing is like, oh, you're 
Uh, you got you got to cripple him a little bit. Like you know, he's got to be down on his luck. Just make the guy more powerful. So there's this there's a challenge to overcome. Because remember, the paladin defeats all those guys, and then they just get right Which, back up. Which like I loved the fact that he like the role that the paladin played in all of this because it was basically. You know, you know, and you know, in video games where it's like you get that random one super strong party member for like a mission. Yeah. Like that was that. And it was like, that was fun as hell. <laughs> I did. Um, I like the fat dragon. I was like, that was, that was a bold choice. That was I like funny. That. I like, did he eat the other ones? <laughs> like, did he eat his other cave? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to know how they got out of the fucking cave thing. What'd you think with the, the lady with the slingshot, slingshot lady, the, the druid. druid chick? She's fine. Yeah. Um, I thought like, Again, it 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 was fun. It was great. It was one of those things where it was like, I know at the end of this, it like very like TV series where it's like you start somewhere, but I know at the end of the episode, everybody's going to be right back where they were with nothing yeah. changes. Like, and he, I feel like she was that character. She was very much that character where nothing really changed. So to yeah, speak. like I mean, like her forest isn't being taken down anymore. Yeah, but it was like you know everybody starts here and everybody ends here, and then you can just repeat that next time and repeat that next time. Like you're not, and that's why I don't think it had weight. Like no one died. Nothing yeah, mattered. nothing mattered because you knew at the end of the day everybody will be there and okay. And which I guess because again it's like you said it's a it's a hero story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when they were in like the actual dungeon with the, the chonky dragon and why that was the best part of the movie is because there were stakes and um, what the paladin, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, Bridgerton man. Yeah, paladin. And Chris Pine had like a same common enemy and we're all fighting and there's a consequence. And now you're fighting against these dead people who can't die. And it's like, oh shit, they could really get you. This dragon could really get you. Yeah, and then I, they get trapped, and then they, yeah, like, use his skill to blow up. And When we got to the Coliseum, I didn't care what happened to anyone in that Coliseum. I didn't give a shit. I didn't care about anyone. <laughs> and I feel bad saying that, but... I don't... Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. It's like, you know everybody's going to come out, and they're going to come out fine. Yeah. Um, Was it fun? Was it kind of cool? Like, yeah, but it wasn't... The Coliseum point is actually, like, the labyrinth. Like, that could have been really dramatic and tense and it was not i would have liked to have seen more of that i felt like there was like a big build-up to get to like this end point and then we're at this end point we're like talking about the games the entire time we're talking about all these rich people showing up and the payoff there for me wasn't great like i would have liked to have seen either more of the labyrinth or maybe like an extra game where like Maybe some of these characters are killed off and they have to go through the second game. And that's when they you just want the out. Hunger Games. <laughs> I'll be feasting. Okay, yeah. Maybe I do just want the Hunger Games. But then, like, the Red Wizard, she's casting her spell, like, in the side of a casino, like, next to a bar. She's like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, and they're like, what's that bitch doing? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we get it. You're powerful, but, like, this is not... Yeah. Doing it for me. I don't know. Ult ultimately, it's lighter than I thought it was ever going to be. Yeah. But it's not bad. I expected a Pirates of the Caribbean type of movie. That had weight, and, though. And I got more of like a, a less of a, I got less, like a lesser version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's where I'll leave it. Like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't got anything most, much to say. Let's do this shit. Okay, let's go.
expecting that. <laughs> Hold on. Does he actually get hit? Is this a fake video? I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's. I don't know if he actually gets hit or not, but like the. Uh, I think it's like this guy's okay. Is the title of it? <laughs> it's pretty convincing if it's like a fake. There's no snow on the tires. Yeah, There's no I mean, snow yeah. yeah, but damn, that was good. Yeah, it's fun, right? The shock value is really good. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah, the honking noise really gets yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's that uh that old rug pull. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was good. I like that. I know, because I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, oh, God, this guy's going to get a face full of glass after that shit explodes. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Just a good old-fashioned bait and switch. That was good. I like that. Nice, simple, simple, sweet. There's nothing to examine there. Just a guy getting hit by a car. I thought the glass is blowing sentence. up or like, and he was going to get like a piece in his neck. Yeah. Or something. You're like, I'm going to witness something pretty damn gory. <laughs> no, that was good. I like that. Whew. All right. Well, with that said, I think we're good for tonight, man. I'm fucking exhausted. Oh, yeah. I got more Resident Evil to play. You got, you got to speed run that shit. I got to speed run the last 30 minutes. So uh, with that said... Uh, thanks so much for everybody. Uh, hold on, I'll try again. Thanks so much to everybody for uh, watching us or listening to this episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Go ahead, leave us a comment. Go ahead, uh, like this video. Do whatever you got to do to make the algorithm very happy. And uh, we will see you next week because it's the Super Mario Brothers movie, everybody. And um, I have heard some things. Mm. All right. They're good. They're good things. They're not bad things. <laughs> we'll see. You going to run the outro or am I yeah. going to sit here forever? <laughs>